0: This is where women grow. Welcome back to another episode of the Girl Power Alliance podcast. I'm I'm pumped about my guest today. When her and I first spoke, I was like, I'm obsessed with her. She has such an interesting story. She has so much to offer. She is an incredible woman. Let me tell you a little bit about her. Anne, uh, Anne Marie... Merzin did I say that right, Anne?: Yes, you did. OK. is an attorney who had a, a life-changing near-death experience, And after this startling wake-up call, she shifted from away from litigation and went to help clients to protect their family through estate planning. She was a lawyer, and she practices from a place of love uh, for, who believes in God and knows that heaven is real. She also offers financial coaching as an integral part of estate planning. To, project, uh, to protect your family toward the growth and prosperity that you desire uh, and the care for your loved ones. This is a really big deal. And I know this is your bio and we have so many, we could probably do like seven podcasts back to
1: back to back. <laughs> and maybe we will in the future, but I would love, welcome to the podcast, Anne. Thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it. Yeah, I packed a lot into that bio. So, you know, feel free, to ask away. And uh, Oh gosh, I know there's a ton. I know there's
0: a ton. And, but before I start like question questioning, would you just expand a little bit on the story? Because I know that when you and I spoke on the phone, I was just like jaw dropped of all the things that you've gone through. So I would love for everybody to hear that.
1: Of course, sure. I'll just jump right in. Uh, I've been an attorney for, you know, about 20 years or so, and I always did litigation. Loved it. Didn't mind going to court. You know, I have uh, two children. They're teenagers now. But uh, there came a time a few years ago, I was down at the Jersey Shore, and just suddenly, uh, unexpectedly, I'd never have had an allergic reaction before. I had a severe allergic reaction. um, Unfortunately, my throat um, closed up. And I fell unconscious um, immediately. and was rushed to the hospital. Um, and I was um, in the hospital down at Monmouth Medical. I'm from New Jersey um, for a week. And uh, it just uh, completely shifted uh, the way I practice law, but also uh, it kind of brought forth more good um, in my personal life as well uh, from the tragedy. Um, and it was just, um, it just, it was honestly a life-changing experience for me.
0: Oh, um, in your bio, you said you believe heaven is real. Did you have a heaven experience during that? Yeah,
1: I I did. It, it took me a while to talk about it and it's still relatively fresh. So I'll just touch on it a little bit. Um, I tend to uh, share better, you know, one-on-one. So let's see how this goes. <laughs> <laughs> um, I Yeah, when that happened, I, um, you know, was, was rushed to the hospital and I didn't even, um, you know, change my clothes or anything. I just, you know, they brought me in the ambulance and I realized at some point that I was in different clothing and, um, like, you know, a hospital type of clothing. And then, you know, after I realized that, um, it turns out that I was seeing myself from above looking down. Um, that's how I knew that I was in uh, different clothing. And uh, that was, Mm -hmm. that was quite a shock. You know, I guess that whole, um, process took a while for me to realize. And uh, yes, it was sort of um, a transient feeling like, wait, I'm not, I'm not ready to not be in my body, you know, right now. But it was also, you know, a comforting feeling as well. Um, I didn't feel scared. um, And I felt very safe. Um, So it's a a little bit, I didn't like see a light, you know, or hear a voice or anything, but I definitely know um, that there is another dimension, you know, out there for sure. And I've always had a strong faith. Uh, I was raised Catholic and I'm still, you know, Catholic and uh, I always, you know, felt, um, you know, spiritual, I guess you could say. Yeah. This, uh, highlighted everything even more to know that, you know, where we are now is just a stepping stone to, um, to something else, whatever, you know, whatever faith you believe in. Yeah. That's, that's
0: awesome. I, um, I love to hear stories like this because um, my, I have a sister who died of cancer when she was 13 years old. And at one point she went into a coma. And when she came out of the coma, uh, she had brain cancer. When she came out of the coma, she shared a very detailed heaven experience.
1: Mm. And so
0: um, did you ever read the book, Heaven is for Real? Yes. I love that book. So it's really interesting. This is totally off topic, but
1: Oh,
0: let's go with so it. very interesting. So I read the book, heaven is for real. Um, you know, obviously years and years after my sister had already gone to heaven and we'd already known about, you know, what she shared, literally some of the things were verbatim mm-hmm. that, the, that were shared in this book and that my sister had said years and years before. So it's just like, mm-hmm. you love hearing those little confirmations. You know what I mean? I think it gives people comfort and peace because right. even people of faith, even people that grew up With a foundation of faith, maybe they went to church their whole life. Even still, there's always that little
1: feeling of like, is it like is that real? (laughs) Absolutely. Yeah, that that's how I I felt too. I just felt and it sort of all just felt like it came together in in the experience. And then um being waking up and not being able to communicate, um, that was that was pretty difficult. I had always empathized with people. Um who weren't able to communicate, you know, you know, the blind or people have trouble, you know, speaking or, you know, the deaf, I, I empathize with that. But when it happens to you, it's a whole, you know, different scenario. And they, people were asking me rapid questions um, at the time. Um, I guess they had brought me back and I actually um, was writing um, on a clipboard, you know, answering their questions with my eyes closed, you know, like wow. this, I could hear them. But I couldn't, in my mouth, everything was all swollen, Ugh. you know, I couldn't open my eyes, so I couldn't communicate. So it gave me a, a lot more empathy, I think, for um, people, even though, you know, I, of course I had it before, what happens to yourself, it's a lot different. Um, and then also, and it just made me realize, you know, how important, you know, family is and doing the things you love. And I wanted to shift and make sure that my career, um, and you know, that's where you spend most of your time, yeah. really, my daily work reflected, you know, my values.
0: So, okay. So you have this horrific, literally life-changing experience, which that always will shift. So I think a lot of things in your life. Let me ask you a question. So before this happened, did you, were you feeling anything at all, any call at all to make a shift in your career before this happened?
1: Uh, not really. Everything was, you know, pretty steady. I mean, of course I had goals, you know, I always wanted to do, you know, X, Y, or Z, right. Or I always wanted to do this. And at the end of the day, I often, you know, reviewed my day. What could I have done better? What can I do better tomorrow? You know, Lord, help me be more of a disciple, you know, um, lead me the direction you want me to be in. You know, I, I always, you know, tried to have that in the forefront of my mind. But um, after this, um, it was a lot different. And my mom actually has mentioned uh, recently that um, you know since they never actually found out what um, I was allergic to, even though I went to a million appointments and paid all the copays and Gary. all that. Right. Um, my mom was mentioning you know maybe it was something that was just meant to be, and I needed that to you know make the shift absolutely and so you went from
0: litigation being in a courtroom and i I wanted to be a lawyer when
1: I was in high school so <laughs> I, I
0: I love the I love the the profession but it's a pretty consuming
1: oh yeah it's all consuming it's a lot of hours and um, I just It it is a lot of conflict, you know, going to court. And I loved going to court, you know, of course. And uh, I like, you know, the excitement and a lot of, you know, but now uh, I shifted to estate planning because I found it um, just to be um, a way to use the law to help families um, ahead of time before they get into a crisis. Versus, you know, once you get to the stage where you're litigating, you know, there's a lot of drama already, a lot of um, pain that's, you know, occurred. A lot of cases do settle. Of course, the majority of cases settle, but um, estate planning is just uh, a way that I can help families um, really go figure out what their values are, but also help them to be more organized and aligned with uh, with their values. When you go through the process uh, that I designed it, and focuses you on what's the most important thing without having to have that traumatic experience that I had.
0: Yeah, well, how? I mean, what, a, what an interesting perspective you're able to give people because you, walk, you went to the
1: doorstep. <laughs> right. You, you went admittedly, to the I was one of those people who did not have my estate plan updated. So I hadn't looked at my will, my power of attorney. I hardly spoke to the person who I had named in my power of attorney. Oh, it funny. was still sealed in the Manila envelope and hadn't opened since the day of the appointment. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> I was one of those people.
0: And so did you feel in addition to just wanting to make a shift
1: in yourself, did you feel like God was calling you in this direction? Yeah, absolutely. Because I never felt confident enough to go uh, on my own and open my own practice and create these systems um, to make things uh, flow uh, better for clients. I, of course, looked at each case individually before, you know, um, went through litigation. But now I have systems and a way to field people's questions and make this whole process smooth. So law doesn't have to seem you know, complicated or overwhelming. It's uh, more of a calming experience and systematic. So people can um, quickly feel organized and and get this off their list.
0: That's awesome. And it's, it's like one of those things everybody needs, but people are afraid or they don't know, or they don't even want to talk
1: about it. A hundred percent. Yeah. I, I think that's true. I've heard the funniest ones are, are the people who go, oh no, I don't want to tempt fate. I don't want to do right. my fate plan because, you know, I'm going to put it out there in the universe and someone's going to know, you know, or whatever. Um, so yeah, that that's true. And uh, procrastination, because there's always, you know, something else that is, you know, higher up on the list than yeah. this, you know, first of all, but um, beyond having it be up higher up on the list. Other people really—they know they don't necessarily agree 100% with either partner or their spouse, um, the person they're living with. It's particularly about uh, having guardians for children, and so oh. they don't even want to broach, you know, certain topics because they already know they disagree. You know, like I would want this person to be the guardian and I know you want this person or whatever. Um, So there's a little bit of, you know, nuance there that I have to sense um, when I talk to clients. And that's another valid reason not to go forward because you feel like, you know, you don't want to disagree with your spouse. Absolutely. Gosh,
0: I literally had, that's not even something I had thought about.
1: Uh, Excellent.
0: (laughs) We're bringing some things up. Yeah, that's a big one. Mm -hmm. Um, so within what you're doing, I mean, it's a very sensitive topic. It's, um, I think it, there's a lot of emotion that comes up when people start thinking about their mortality and, um, does your, does your faith come into play at all when you're speaking with people and how you kind of navigate
1: this process? I know this is a, an insider's look at how I prepare for uh, a <laughs> client conversations. Yeah, <laughs> I actually do. I have a, a specific pli- playlist that I have uh, designed that has a lot of different music that kind of just gets me in the mindset of uh, coming from a place of service and love and being really able to listen because I wanted to um, start my firm and practice law in a way that I'm hearing what the clients really want versus telling them what I think they should do. Not, you know, more that we work as a team together um, to figure out what their goals are. And then I use the law to, as a tool, not that I am smarter or better. It's just what I know to effectuate whatever their concerns are. Um, Sometimes people come to me for estate planning and I was like, look, you know, except for this, this, and this, you really don't need that much. You know, you don't need like a full blown, you know, estate plan because this is, your life is pretty organized already. And, you know, things are already structured the right way. So yes, I um, I, I look at a playlist or I listen to a playlist and I reflect um, before each meeting, you um, And actually during the meetings, I leave um, either, you know, the clients, if it's husband and wife, um, or sometimes even just a single person, I leave them just for a few moments. Um, I leave the room so they can reflect before we move forward and they decide whether to retain me or not, because I think it's important to have some calm before you go forward and make a decision, you know, whether, you know, want to say a quick prayer, you want to, you know, talk to the Lord or talk, you know, husband and wife together before moving forward. Has anybody ever asked you to pray with them? Not yet. However, at the end of all of this, we do a, what I call um, a piece of a legacy library. So I have um, questions already prepared that I give to the clients, you know, kind of not like last words, but more like reflections. Like what would you want to tell your adult children? Or what would you want to tell your daughter when she turns, you know, 18, if you're Mm. no longer here or you know, what are your favorite memories from Thanksgiving? Questions like that. And then I spontaneously ask them and I record that. Um, And that is a very, very emotional experience um, then at that piece. And we're all done with the estate planning, all the legal documents, everything signed. This is just an extra piece that I do. And I do find that that's uh, the moment where the tissues come out, and uh, we all feel like we, you know, shared something, you know, very special. And then I encourage people to, you know, add that um, to their estate plan and update that, you know, every year or so. And people, some people really enjoy that. So we have, a, we all have a moment there. Well, that made me cry, and I'm not even doing it. Oh, I'm sorry.
0: <laughs> no, it's a beautiful, it's a beautiful thing. It's a, beautiful, it's a beautiful thing and it's a beautiful service. And in addition to that, um, you and I talked when we talked the first time about kind of like financial
1: coaching that you're doing with people. I'd love to hear a little bit about that. Yeah. Um, that's something that people don't think about when they think about estate planning. A lot of people call me and they say, I need a simple will, you know, or, or whatever. And they don't realize, you know, the finances are, you know, a huge part of the estate plan and it's not just legal documents. And I guess what I mean by that is the easiest example are, you know, everyone has a standard bank account, a checking or savings account. And uh, some people, um, or some banks, excuse me, have um, a way that you can actually just fill out a form and have beneficiaries to those bank accounts. So that is just something that you don't need a lawyer for at all. You can just go ask and see if there is some type of payable on death beneficiary um, to the bank account. And so what I do is I look at everyone's assets, whether they're just their debts or checking accounts, savings account, retirement accounts. And we look at the big picture of all of that and align them to, to, together in a way that it is consistent with the estate plan. So for example, if you wanna have you know both you know children to have 50%, et cetera, et cetera, we figure out how each piece is structured. And then at the end, I come up with a flow chart And it shows everything and what would happen, you know, now, how is everything now? What would transition if one person or both people pass? And then, you know, afterwards um, when both people pass. So we look at the whole picture because it's very important. And a lot of it is in this organization.
0: It's a lot of organization. It's a lot of talking about things that people a lot of times are uncomfortable talking about.
1: Yes. And, you know, we we all are like that you know sometimes you you know open an account and you forget the password or you haven't used this particular account in a while and so what I do is in my system I prompt people to look at everything they have whether you know you've looked at it in a while or not and we gather everything together um and I've come up with a way that I kind of nudge everyone in the direction to get things organized um so everything is prepared in a binder um, But also. Um, keep in touch with people, you know, every year. Or so it's sort of like, you know, spring cleaning, right. To, to look at your finances and look at your estate plan and kind of do adulting, right.
0: <laughs> so you're, you're, so connecting with you and being one of your clients, it's like a
1: long-term relationship. Oh, for sure. Yes. I definitely want to be, you know, with clients for a long time and whether, you know, people hire me or not, this isn't, you know, a plug for me, but it's um, something that people can look at in a service that when you go out and you look for a lawyer, you can say, you know, is this something that I should consider as well? Should I look at my finances? You know, is this, will you keep in touch with me for a year or so afterwards? What if I want to make, you know, a couple minor changes? Are you going to charge me extra for that? Or, you know, like if I have another child, do I have to go through this whole process again? You know, the answer should be no, you know, the law should work for you and you shouldn't get charged every single time um, for all that, if that makes sense.
0: It it does make sense. And as you're speaking, I'm just thinking to myself, what a powerful ally it is to align yourself with somebody that, that is going, I mean, really it's, it's like one of them, other than your health, your finances are like, it's like, those are right up there with the most important things in your, in your life and in your, you know, as a parent, as a spouse, and so what a, what a beautiful thing to have aligned yourself with somebody that you know has a foundation of faith. That's really important to me. I would never want to choose a financial planner, an estate planner, a financial coach that did not have those, those same belief systems lined up because there are just some foundational truths that if, you're not, if you don't have that belief system,
1: they don't exist. You're right. You're absolutely right. And you have to be able to hear those, um, those strong faith values from the client um, if they have them and incorporate them into the estate plan. And that's, um, you know, a couple of different provisions that I do are, you know, encouraging people to um, not go to court if they have an issue, you know, with the estate plan, for instance. So I have a few clauses in there and I have some sections in there about, you know, values, if, you know, if the client wants to put them in there, financial values, educational values, you know, um, spiritual values, those are all things that you can put in an estate plan. It doesn't just have to be who gets what.
0: Wow. That's, that's really, it's a, pow- that's a powerful thing. And I, I really, I honestly think it's like God's work, what you're doing, because, you know, money in general is probably the biggest tool that we have to utilize to contribute to the world in various ways it all takes money so kind of putting your head in the sand which is what I think the bulk of people do I not- did
1: I did that myself you know <laughs> I'm, I really I, I say I'm like the painter who didn't paint my own house you know like- <laughs> I had no idea, you know, really even where the estate plan was that I had created. And I finally dug it out and, you know, I wanted to update it. And I was like, oh, wait, you know, I can figure this out myself. And that was how I started going down this road. So, yeah, I, I totally can get where all those people are coming from. Um, I think the biggest um, problem that I see is just to forcing yourself to take, you know, the hour, hour and a half. Um, to go through you know all your different finances, gather all those pieces of paper that you have in you know a couple of different places, and also to go through and figure out, okay, what would I really want to happen, but you don't have to come up with the solutions you know that's the what the lawyer has to do. All you have to do is go through and get a little bit more organized than you were the day before,
0: yeah, and I bet you that what what peace you bring to people knowing that they have taken care of something and that the people that they love the most will be. Handled properly. That that's got to be a really satisfying thing for you to be
1: offering that to people. Actually, I've heard from some of my clients uh, when this whole um, crisis hit, and that's one thing that they said they're so grateful that they handled all of this ahead mm-hmm. of time um, because they have, you know, the privacy waivers. Is there any question about you know their healthcare records if they need to get access to anything in a hospital? They've already named their people. Um, They've already gotten the Guardians nominated, different things like that. They're like, oh, what a relief, you know, that we did this already. Um, But I have to say, different than litigation, you know, in litigation, when a case settles or, you know, if it goes to trial, you know, everyone kind of goes very miserable. Like, people are not really, you know, happy after that whole experience. Um, Win or lose, it also costs a lot of money, too. Um, With estate planning, you know, I more often than not before this crisis, of course, um, I got hugs after um, my final session, and then that at first it was a little bit awkward. I wasn't quite sure about this. I'm like, dude, you really want to hug your lawyer? But (laughs) but I went with it. I think it's going to be a little bit different, you know, going forward here. You know, but um, it's the feeling really that counts. It's it's nice to see, you know, people feel like like you said, relieved.
0: Well and I think that you have such a beautiful heart of service that that in addition to the just the service that you're offering and your knowledge you're doing it from a place of really really truly wanting to authentically help people and there mm-hmm. is such a big difference between people that are doing work to because it's their job to make money and people that are doing work that means something to them and that's really such a a core value here at the Girl Power Alliance is you know we have to make income it's like I said, it's the most powerful tool I believe that we have walking on the earth that we can utilize for good. So we, you know, and the, the, the better we are personally set up financially, the more we can give, but to, ha- to make an
1: income and make an impact and to marry those two oh, things together. I love that together, make an income and then make an impact. Oh, I might have to steal that. Steal it, steal <laughs> away. I don't think
0: I came up with it. Oh so, yeah.
1: No, I- no, I love that. So <laughs> nice. Yeah, I, I do. I'm, I'm grateful. I have to admit though, I was, you know, I graduated from uh, law school. I went to Syracuse and, uh, you know, I might've, you know, lost my way, you know, got sucked into litigation and that's what I did um of course you know I'm still a mom and you know did things around the community and you know went to church and all that um but uh now having this um this practice has really uh made me feel like um I don't have to you know have one face at the office and one face at home I feel like you know I my career is aligned with you know how I am that's
0: huge. And I think that is such an important message for people. If you're, if you're listening to the podcast and you're, you don't feel aligned in your career or your job or your business or whatever, it's something to take a look at before, you know, God does, <laughs> he forces you. I feel like that's why I asked you the question. Cause I find so often when I talk to people, whether it is a dramatic experience like you had, or just other things, There are a lot of times were nudges before there were things that maybe, you know, like you were, maybe you didn't even realize it, but you just said, that was a powerful thing. You felt like you were one person at work and you were one person at home. So even if that wasn't dramatic, that wasn't aligned. And that, that's the superpower. When we can walk a hundred percent authentically in who we are, our gifts, our talents, our skills, our passions, and we can be wholly who we are. That's the superpower that, that we're all trying to find.
1: And you found yours. Yes, I know. I'm, I'm so happy. And uh, I am going to just throw in there, I, you know, I've been recently uh, working on some poetry, too. So, you know, trying to tick off uh, things on my list that are always important to me. And poetry is not something I would have done before. I was just more of a, a logical lawyer Kind of no nonsense, I think I probably thought poetry was a little bit woo woo or intellectual or something, but yeah. uh, I've been enjoying doing that as well and also uh, exercising more, getting out of the house so um, it, it has affected my my whole life you know not just um, not just by uh, my practice and I'm grateful for that
0: absolutely. I mean, I feel like when we are aligned, we open ourselves up for so much more I mean we are creative beings and you know, even though you, you're, you maybe that feels like it's a new creative avenue for you to doing poetry, these systems that you're, you've created, that's creative. That, I mean, it's, a, I mean, it's, it's, you know, there, you're talking about technical and the law, but that is, it takes a lot of creativity to do that. So obviously you're an extremely creative person. And um, for those of you listening, I'm kind of like nudging. I would love to have a financial course. I would love that. And so we'll see if that's something in the future that, um, that we have at the Girl Power Alliance. But do me a favor and tell people how they can find you. Where are you, your websites? Are you on social media? How can they connect with you?
1: Oh, you're so kind. Yes, uh, I'm admitted in New York, and New Jersey, uh, practicing law here for a very long time. I'm in Clark, New Jersey, which is Union County. And my website is uh, my last name in law. So it's Merzin, it's M-U-R-Z-I-N law. So it's www.merzinlaw.com. And my phone number is 908-377-8060. And uh, the best way to reach me is by email, which there's a link on my webpage for that. Um, which is a Marie for Anne Marie at Mersinlaw.com, and I guess I'm also on Facebook, and I'm sure we can get the links. We'll link up together. But it's uh, it's legal planning that reflects your love um, at at Merzen Law, and that's really what I want to promote. Is uh, whether you work with me or with anyone else, that your the legal planning that you do should not just you know help your finances, you know and maybe save you some taxes, make sure the, you know, money doesn't go, you know, to unclaimed property, but also to reflect your love. Um, and of course I can refer you to other people that I know who practice in a similar vein as I do. Um, if you're not in New York or New Jersey.
0: well, that's amazing. And we will have all of the information to connect with Anne um, in the show notes of the podcast. If you're listening to the podcast and we'll have it um, right below this video, if you're watching it on the YouTube channel. So We'll make sure that you can connect if you're you're in those areas. And I just want to do one last thing. You can't do the estate
1: planning if they're not in New York or New Jersey, but you can do financial counseling and coaching for for them. Absolutely. Yes, I definitely can. And I'd be happy to do that. Thank you so much for having me. This has been a great experience.
0: Well, you're amazing. And thank you for doing the work that you're doing. It is really, really important. Thanks for helping me get the work out. I'm so impressed. Thank you. And we want to thank you for listening. Thank you for hanging with us for another awesome episode of the girl power Alliance podcast. Are you a part of our community yet? If you're not, we are waiting for you head over to our website, www.girlpoweralliance.com and meet your people. We are waiting to encourage empower, and equip you. You have more people on your team than you even realize. And they're all waiting for you over it girl power alliance so check us out and join us today to take your life your faith and your business to the next level girl power
1: alliance this is where women grow